Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to our webinar this afternoon. My name is Tiffany Jested. I'm going to be behind the scenes hosting, and I want to turn it right over to Matt to uh, get the teaching going. All right. Thanks so much, Tiff. I really appreciate it. And uh, Mika and everybody, thanks so much for having us today. Always a joy to, to, to share with you. And uh, we are very excited about what we're going to be sharing today. You know, this is that time of year when school is getting back in session. And some of you may be joining as students yourselves, or maybe you've got kids or grandkids or friends who are kids, or maybe you're a teacher and maybe you actually uh, are, are, you know, working right there on the front lines. And uh, we certainly admire you for what you do. But we are going to share some things today, some tips and tricks, some app ideas, and even some ideas for activities. Because, you know, this is a really strange time. I don't have to tell you that we know that this is a most unusual set of circumstances. And even though school is going back full swing, it's not looking the same as it has in years past. And so what I decided to do was to try to come up with some ideas and share them with you for ways that we can enhance the experience of learning from home and working from home. Whether we're a student, a parent, a teacher, whatever the case might be, we need to know how to do these things and how to do them remotely. You know, our kids are uh, full-time online this year and it's working great. And we have, we know that learning can happen online. And so uh, that's what I'd like to do today. I've got a presentation here. Ordinarily, I, um, I would actually share the screen with you, but we're not going to do that today. For those of you, if anyone would like a copy of the presentation that I'm sharing today, of course, you'll be able to hear the audio of it um, on the ACB uh, podcast. But also, if you would like a copy of the Apple Keynote presentation that I created that I'm basing this uh, teaching off of today, you can feel free to contact me at the tech juggernaut at iCloud.com. We'll certainly give you that contact information again at the end of the program today. And we certainly will take questions before we do that as well. I am joined by trainer Rita. I, I heard her come in. Not sure if Cliff is here yet. And we also have a special guest today. I've asked my mom to join us because she's going to be assisting with a couple of these demos. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun for us. So, uh, Rita, welcome. And, uh, and mom, also glad to have you. So uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to get started here momentarily. And I have this keynote presentation, as I said, which I'm in the process of opening up right now, just for my own reference, because even though we're not going to show it to you, I still want to use it to make sure that I don't miss a thing. All right, so I'm in the keynote. For those who are interested in uh, keynote, I'm using it on an iPad with voiceover. Of course, everything we talk about is going to be uh, voiceover accessible. Um, and we are, uh, we're actually going to be offering some uh, keynote training here uh, on one of these ACB uh, presentations coming up. So uh, if you're interested in learning to create powerful multimedia presentations, we're going to be able to do that as well. 
Congratulations. All right. I have my presentation open now. If we were doing this uh, for all of you to, uh, to see and hear the presentation itself, we would start out with a little song because this presentation happens to have music in the beginning because everything's more fun when it's enhanced by a little music, right? So I'm going to let you hear this opening slide. Uh, it may not sound the greatest since I'm literally just holding the iPhone up to the iPad. It may uh, not give you the full experience, but hey, we're going to do it anyway. And then I'll read you the title on the slide and we'll go on from there. Button. Presentation is starting. Play. Then sound play. Slide one. Play now. And this says that uh, the, the slide title Can They Learn From Home? How Technology Can Transform the Experience. Okay. All right. Enough of that. Let's move on. Now, you know, this, this COVID crisis has truly presented a number of new challenges, probably some that most of us never, ever expected. I mean, how many of us actually thought we would see a day in history when Disney World and parks and even hair salons would be completely closed for business, albeit for a short time? If you'd have said that to me a year ago, I would have told you you were crazy. I never would have imagined a day like that. And of course, there have been numerous other challenges, and it's certain challenges, and it certainly presented challenges for teachers and students. But you know what? In addition to presenting challenges, it has presented new, unique, and even exciting opportunities. We realize now more than ever before that it is quite possible to learn and work from home. Now, technology leads this transformation, right? Because, man, if, if this had happened 100 years ago, things would have looked very, very different in a number of ways and for a number of reasons. But now we have devices like the iPad, for example, that do revolutionize so much, including, of course, the teaching and learning experience. I have the, the certification, uh, the title of Apple Teacher. And as such, I am given access to numerous tremendous resources for teaching and learning. And so what I'd like to do is to, what I've done actually, is to sort of combine the resources, the guidance, the information that I've been given from Apple. Uh, and then I've added some things to that to sort of make it my own. And that's kind of what we're sharing for with you here today. Now, you know, creativity is key here, right? One of the most important factors in being successful working or learning from home or teaching from home is to be creative, to come up with new and exciting ways of doing things. And I'm going to share just a handful of those with you today. But really, you know, the sky is the limit because this new idea of, of using technology, technology being at the forefront of this, means that it is possible for this to work for any 
age. My daughter is in the third grade. She just turned eight. My son is 13. And uh, of course, he, he's in middle school. And so seventh grade, we, we're seeing uh, both of them be completely successful. And of course, this is, you know, available to K through 12. So it's, uh, it's an even broader range than, you know, is exemplified by my own family. But the other thing about teaching and learning in this way is that you can meet them where they are. And I can give you a very practical example of this. When, when my son was just three years old, he actually became interested in space travel. And all on his own, he decided to watch videos about space travel and literally sat of his own volition. We never asked him, forced him, bribed him or anything, but he sat on his own and watched a 45-minute black and white documentary about the moon landing, Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. And, you know, we often say, why are our kids not engaged? Well, maybe it's because we haven't found the thing that captivates their attention. But, you know, through that moon landing, he could have learned all kinds of things. And if he were at the appropriate age, we could have taught him all kinds of things. We could have taught him math. We could have taught him science. We could have taught him problem solving, teamwork, uh, language arts, reading. I mean, history, you know, the possibilities or just endless of what he could have learned there and, and, and all because of something that he chose to do that he was interested in. So I think that's the unique thing about being able to teach and, and work and learn from home in this way. Now, we're going to get on to some actual examples of things that you can do. And the title on this particular slide that I have here is Start With What You Know. And it says, use apps to make everyday life easier. Now, I don't want to insult your intelligence because some of this is going to be really, really basic and you've probably been doing it already. But you know what? Certain things bear repeating, right? And that's what we're going to do, okay? We are going to remind you of some common sense things that every iPad and iPhone is capable of doing right out of the box that will really enhance the experience of learning, working, playing from home, whatever the case may be. Now, these are things like keeping track of to-dos and events using the Apple Reminders app or the Apple Calendar app. Some of these we've talked about here in ACB sessions. And of course, we teach about them in our classes, you know, that we can create recurring reminders and even subtasks in our reminders, right? So I can, I can say we've got to complete this project, but there are five individual tasks that must be done before we can call this project complete. And I can create events with travel times, invitees, and of course, various recurrence patterns. Also, in the case of both calendars and reminders, they can be shared. So this is great for collaboration. Teachers and students, students and students, teachers and, and coworkers, you can collaborate. You can share reminders, lists, and everybody can remember or be reminded and alerted to what they need to accomplish. And coming up in iOS 14, which hopefully will be released within the next few weeks, I'm using it already, uh, Apple has announced that you'll be able to assign tasks to different people in a shared reminders list. And that is huge because now we have the ability to actually predetermine 
who is doing what task so that they don't have to be bothered by seeing everybody else's tasks and alerts all along the way. So if we're working on a group project together and we decide that one person is handling this aspect of the research, another one is typing it up, another one is drawing, then they can be reminded of the specific tasks that are due. Of course, in addition to calendars and reminders, we can use notes to, to create powerful, rich text notes complete with photos, videos, web links, audio, and more. We can create tables, checklists, and a whole lot more in our notes. And we can even draw with Apple Pencil or Logitech Crayon, which by the way, you're gonna get a little demo of that a bit later on today. Now, in addition to these, uh, these calendars, notes, and reminders, what about just, just very simply instant replies using the Messages app? You know, the Messages app is something that, you know, we use it all the time, but sometimes it doesn't, it almost gets overlooked as a productivity tool because, you know, we think of it as just the thing to use with your family and your friends, and that's great. And I do use it in that way, and I love the various message effects and emojis and all these fun things you can do. But, you know, this also serves a pr practical purpose when it comes to communicating as well, because you can send comments and questions to one another and get instant replies as soon as the person's available. And by the way, let's not forget about group messages. If you're dealing with all Apple users, you can even create and name the conversation. So you can have a chat with a group of people about an upcoming homework assignment. Um, maybe uh, my, my, my son right now is working on a project in a Spanish class where he's uh, learning about Costa Rica. And well, he chose the country, but he's got to do this project on it. Now, if he were working in a group, how easy would it be for him to create a group and call it, you know, um, Spanish Costa Rica project. And then everybody in that group can communicate and know what it's about. They can share files. They can, they can share thoughts. Uh, they can share links. I mean, it is really the possibilities are endless and something as simple as the messages app with Apple iMessage. Now I want to go on to a slide I call get productive. And it says the journey begins with a few apps and settings. So what we're talking about here is things like using iCloud to stay in sync. We've talked many, many times about iCloud and how it stores your content and then wirelessly makes it available on all of your devices. Or as I like to say it in, in very, very simple uh, terms in the vernacular, iCloud means all your stuff on all your devices, no matter what. Simple as that. And that, of course, includes documents, projects, photos, videos, music, movies, TV shows, contacts, calendar events, reminders, notes, and a whole lot more. I'm out of breath just saying it. But it, the possibilities are incredible. And we have continuity features with iCloud. I mean, there's just so much that we can do in the iCloud settings to make sure that everything we have and everything we need is going to be with us on all of our devices. If we have an iPad, an iPhone, an Apple Watch, uh, even a HomePod and an Apple TV when it's appropriate. And speaking of which, let's never forget to use Siri. We can use Siri for a lot of tasks. Something as simple as uh, translating into another language. Uh, or something as simple as setting a timer or, a, you know, again, a reminder or an alarm. Now, in addition to all of these things, let's talk about the pro apps. So basically, Apple Pages 
we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks too, because Apple Pages allows us to create beautiful word processing and page layout documents. So whether we need to create a report or a letter or just a, a simple bio about ourselves, or whether it's something much more complex, like a brochure, a banner, a resume, a business card, or a variety of other text-based documents complete with photos, videos, annotations, and more. This app does it all. And if you are a teacher, you can use features like smart annotation to actually mark up the document with inline comments on what your students have done. If you are interested in collaborating, you can actually use pages collaboratively two or more people in real time. So yes, both can, can work on their own, but both can also be working at the same time. And my mother, who's with us today, um, is a professional designer. And a lot of times when I do work for clients that requires a visual aspect to it, she's the person who uh, assists with that. And so, you know, she'll get a random phone call from me at about 11 o'clock at night saying, mom, I need your help with this document, you know? And one of the ways we do that is we use the collaboration features of pages, keynote and numbers. And, you know, she can say to me, well, I think you're going to have to make that two columns instead of one, or I think you're going to have to make that font bigger. Or you have a, you know, a spelling error that you somehow missed. And so I can instantly go back and make the changes. And within just a couple of seconds, she actually sees it in real time. And if she's making the changes, voiceover even tells me that she's doing so and tells me what she's doing. So I can instantly jump to her cursor if I need to. And of course, this is great, for, again, for group projects, teachers and, and students alike. Another app that I want to talk about while we're looking at this, again, probably overstating the obvious, but let's not forget about apps like Wikipedia and YouTube, because even though, again, they they often, you know, get the uh, consumer flair, that's, you know, the reputation is that they're for consumers, but man, you know, they really do have excellent checks and balances. Wikipedia, you can find articles on just about anything, anyone, any period of history, and it's a great place to start. And if you need to learn how to do something, YouTube is the go-to because you, I mean, I can't even express whether it is, you know, I mean, we use YouTube for fun videos all the time and I watch, you know, tech reviews and all these things. And sometimes I watch, uh, you know, preachers doing a, a sermon and stuff, but I mean, you can also just as easily, you know, look up how to, um, how to make a pizza or how to change an air filter, uh, how, how to, uh, install a faucet. I mean, all these kinds of things that you may want to do. And certainly education, it is filled with education specific material, whether you need to learn about the civil war, world war two, or the Louisiana purchase or something more recent. And maybe in some people's minds, more fun, like jazz in the 1960s or again space travel even as recently as the uh the falcon 9 rocket that just um launched a couple of months ago and then of course the two astronauts successfully splashed down 
uh, just a couple weeks ago. So all these kinds of things you can learn about both on Wikipedia and YouTube. And I just have a note here on this slide. Don't forget about the other built-in apps, right? You know, whether it's Apple Maps or the clock or, you know, a variety of others, some of which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But we don't want to overlook these because Apple ships a ton of great apps that are so beautifully integrated into the Apple ecosystem with all of our devices. Okay, uh, I call this slide Get Connected. And it says, teach in real time, right from home. I love this because, you know, the very first example he, that, that, I, that I have here is what we're doing right now. The very thing that we're doing, Zoom cloud meetings. And, of course, it doesn't just apply to Zoom. You have Cisco WebEx, Google Meet, Microsoft Teams, and other professional conferencing apps and services that make it possible for two people or 2,000 people to be able to, in real time, interact with one another. And of course, we don't only have those apps. We, we have our built-in apps that we can use, like group FaceTime. You know, I mean, how easy it is to, again, we talked about a group conversation already with a name in messages, but how easy it is then to go from that to a group FaceTime audio or video call with up to 32 people. Somewhere I heard maybe even 64. I heard Apple was doubling that. I, I can't confirm that at this split second, but either way, it's a big number. A lot of people can get in on a group FaceTime, video and audio, uh, live photos, everything in your group FaceTime, and that's just fantastic. And if you're an Android user, of course, you can do Hangouts, Meet, uh, and I'm only pointing that out because I know there are some schools that use the Google ecosystem rather than Apple. Our school happens to be one of them. All of you who have heard anything that we've ever done, you know we're Apple people. I've always said if Apple made a toothpaste or a lunch meat, I would buy it because I know it would be good. And so that's always my preferences. But I've got to give credit where credit is due. You know, we talked about Apple Pages. If you have to use Google Docs, if you're in a school district where you've got to do that, then go ahead and use Google Docs. Not as rich, not as as you know, powerful, but it's still going to accomplish the same things. And here again, if you can't use group FaceTime, you can use Hangouts, Google Meet, those types of apps as well. And so all of these conferencing apps make it possible to teach in real time if you want to, or to at the very least meet with your students. Our particular district is not actually um, teaching live to the students at home, uh, they felt there were some potential liability, a lot of reasons, whatever. But what they are doing is they're saying, hey, look, if you have a problem, first of all, if you have a problem, you can message me uh, and, and, and we'll talk about Google Classroom in a moment because I'm actually very fond of Google Classroom. Uh, but uh, you can message me in Google Classroom. But secondly, the teachers will say, you know, if you really, if we can't resolve it, I'm going to be available, you know, at the following times, we can do a Zoom together. We can have a, a real-time face-to-face meeting even though we're not in the same building. And so that it is so powerful. And the other thing, of course, that you can do with this is you can share your screen. And, you know, you can even make screen recordings to send to your class. So maybe you're trying to demo something as a teacher or as a student to send to your teachers. And on Apple iPads and iPhones, you can record your screen with the background audio and even with your own narration if you want to talk over top of it. You can turn on the microphone as well and you can send this screen recording. It gets saved to your photo library. You can share it with your teachers or, or with your students or uh, in, in many cases, you can actually uh, send that screen recording right over to another app. And so screen recordings are another very, very powerful and useful tool that Apple 
um, reminds its Apple teachers about and that I want to remind all of you about because I think screen recording is fantastic. Now we have get creative and get your point across. There we go. Yep, there we are. Okay. Now this is this is cool. These are ideas that I think take teaching to a whole new level. So how about a narrated keynote presentation? I'm using keynote right now and I cannot say enough good things about Apple Keynote. It is so powerful, it works so well. And it is great with voiceover. I mean, you'd think that an app like that would struggle with its accessibility. Not at all. It is fantastic with voiceover. I have just in the past couple of weeks created a presentation. And, and in this, this year alone, I've probably created five of them for different reasons, which isn't a huge number. But in, you know, in my line of work, it's, it's still something I'm pretty happy about. And some of them are, you know, rich with multimedia and video and photos. And, and then some of them are more basic, just text only. But if you're going to be using Keynote remotely with students or teachers, you're not going to be able to swipe through slides as you're presenting. And so, you know what Keynote offers? It offers the option to record your own voice and narrate each slide. And then you can set the timing of the automatic slide transitions and then save this as a movie file. So now we can have a keynote that is narrated, that is basically automatically uh, changing from slide to slide in sort of maybe what some might call a kiosk mode. I think that term used to be used anyway. And again, you can share this collaboratively or just send a copy. You can export it to different file formats and your teachers and students have everything they need. Now, not only... Um, yeah. Not only do I want to talk about uh, Keynote, but I've got a lot on this slide. That's why I was hesitating here. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. There's a lot on this slide. So the next one I want to talk about is learning management systems. And the one I'm really fond of is indeed Google Classroom. Apple doesn't make one or else I would, I'm sure, use it. They used to use iTunes U. That used to kind of qualify as a, a learning management system. But Apple announced they are doing away with that in favor of some other things, and that's fine. We're going to see what they do. I'm sure they'll release something really, really awesome that has, you know, leaps and bounds above what iTunes U even ever was. Uh, we'll see when that happens. Uh, iTunes U is not fully going away until next year, so we've got some time there. But in the meantime, I'm using Google Classroom with my students. My kids are using Google Classroom. The thing about Google Classroom that makes it so cool is that you literally, not literally, <laughs> but uh, in, in a figure of speaking, you could do it in your sleep because it's so easy. The app is just incredibly intuitive. Um, it allows you to create classes and then post to those classes. You can post assignments and materials. So you can share audio and video and web links and books and, and written text and other notes. Um, you can you can share. Uh, I think I mentioned web links. You can post actual assignments with due dates and point values and ask the students to turn them in. You can post poll questions, you know, ask the students how they're doing with a certain thing and even give them choices. And combining Google Classroom with Google Forms, you can even make quizzes and tests. And then the students can take these online and you can give them immediate feedback. Now, as I was talking about earlier with my kids, Google Classroom is great for interaction as well, because when you have a problem, you can simply 
comment. You can leave a public comment for every student to see, or you can leave a comment for only your teacher to see, and he or she can reply to that comment. Of course, the teachers can leave comments as well and start the discussion. And the other thing that I'll point out is, as a student, joining these classes. There's so many different ways that teachers can set this up. You know, when I started using Google Classroom and our team is going to be using it this year for all the free courses that we're offering. So if you're taking any of our TTJ free courses, you're going to get to experience Google Classroom for yourself and see just how awesome it is. But you know, when I started with Google Classroom, I had one vision in mind for how I would set up my classes. And then I found out when my kids started with Google Classroom that, you know, their teachers may have had an entirely different vision, an entirely different way of setting up their virtual classroom. And that's great. And, you know, there may be one that someone likes better than another, but there's no right or wrong. Okay, everybody has the choice to how they set it up. So this really enables a lot of creative thinking. The real awesome part of this, though, the thing that truly has just been a blessing for me is that when my kids are doing their work, and this is especially important with my daughter who's younger, who likes, you know, a little extra help along the way, she can be using Google Classroom on her Chromebook. And at the very same time, I can pick up her iPad and sign into her Google Classroom account and I can see every class that she's in. I can go over with her what she's been assigned and I can check it out, make sure she has done what she needs to do, make sure she's not struggling with anything and, and not having any problems. So this idea that this, you know, learning from home can be fully accessible is just truly amazing. Now, I also want to talk about a couple of other built-in apps here uh, that I think are very, very useful on Apple devices. Uh, one of them being the Apple Clips and Apple iMovie app, two different apps, really. We're going to actually talk a bit about Apple Clips coming up here because it is powerful. It allows you to create short movies, uh, short videos, um, and iMovie is the, the more robust sibling of the two uh, designed for, you know, trailers and high quality uh, movies, you know, and, and this is a great way to engage your kids, to have them make a movie about something, to have them uh, share their story in, in this way. And so Apple Clips and Apple iMovie come highly recommended. In addition to that, um, I want to talk about books. The Apple Books app gives us access to thousands or more of books and and this is you know in all genres right so they have novels and bestsellers but they also have children's books fairy tales they have uh you know docu series right you know and and biographies and and um scholarly works and how to's and of course they have textbooks now what's so great about using digital books well first of all it seems like a personal story is in order here. Let me check and make sure I have the amount of time that I think I have here so I can tell this personal story. But I, uh, when I was in the sixth grade, we were learning about uh, various events in history. And the, the social studies book that we had was outdated. And the teacher just didn't even – and he was an excellent teacher. I'm not criticizing the guy. He, he was very, very good and a really great guy. But he just didn't think about what he was doing. He just didn't put two and two together. It just totally overlooked the fact that in 1996, he was teaching his students out of a textbook that introduced the USSR 
and West and East Germany. And as you may know, those concepts were done away with in the early 90s. And so, you know, the Cold War was over. We didn't have a USSR anymore and a Berlin Wall and an East and West. All that was done away with. And, you know, it doesn't help when you're uh, when your dad is the superintendent of the schools and sees that your son is getting this assignment and it sends a note back to the teacher saying, uh, you know, sir, you may want to educate your students to the fact that there is no more uh, an East and West Germany. There is no more USSR. But this problem can be completely avoided by digital textbooks because they can be easily updated by the authors and you can get them for free, the updates for free, that is. So even if there's a, a cost to the you know, an initial upfront cost to buying the book, uh, which there sometimes isn't. But even if there were, the updates are free and easily pushed out. So you're not having these kinds of problems. Now, of course, in addition to that, that's not the only awesome thing about Apple Books. In addition to that is the fact that these books are interactive. You know, I believe we did a demo of Apple Books here for ACB a few weeks ago. And I think we demoed how your books can have audio and video in them. And I showed you the book on the Titanic that I created, which had a photo gallery. You know, we have we have all of these things, a, a book that I created on a on a space course. I mean, it has tons of video and audio clips and again, photo, you know, image galleries and you can do um, quizzes in it and everything. And as the student, you can highlight right in the book, make digital highlights that sync across all of your devices and digital bookmarks and notes right inside the book. So that is Apple Books. But why not let them share their own story? You know, teachers can create their own books for courses and students can create their own books using the Apple Pages app. It has never been easier to create either a portrait book, a landscape book, a you know basic text with you know photos and other things in it, or a, a book where the photo is really the uh, the design is really the forefront, right? So we're you know books like uh, again textbooks and uh, photo cookbooks and graphic novels and all sorts of things, and you know. When you do this, you can add just about any element you want, right? You can add a YouTube video. You can narrate your own audio, certainly photos, and a whole lot more. And all of these can be distributed electronically. Whether or not you publish them to Apple Books, you know, that's up to you. But if not, you can still share them. And I also want to mention the Read Aloud book. This is great for young kids. Read along stories that there's actually a narrator and music and sound effects. And the pages can turn manually or automatically. So I like to do it manually because then I can still interact with my kids while they're reading, right? So if we want to talk about something they just read on a particular page, we can talk about it before we turn the page. But you can set that option either way. And the great part is it actually follows the speaker as, as he or she is narrating in the book. You actually are seeing those words at the same time so that your child can read along with this particular book all right now i have a slide that is called even more inspiration and i've put together some uh ideas that i think are great resources for everyone i have to give credit to apple for for a good many of these because a good portion of this came directly from the apple teacher guidance and resources that we got uh and then i've probably enhanced a couple of them um so here's a few examples beyond what we've already talked about, some specifics. 
the time lapse video. I don't know how many of you know what the time lapse feature does on an iPad camera or an iPhone camera, but it's basically the reverse of slow mo. So it is taking a process that would take hours to unfold and condensing it into just a few seconds. Now, this is great for recording things like a sunrise or sunset, maybe a flower opening in the morning, maybe traffic going by. Now, you are, of course, limited by your battery. You're going to have to plug it in if it's really going to be long or, or have a full charge at least. But a time-lapse video otherwise can be up to 30 hours in length, the, the event that you record. I mean, this is great for watching changes in science experiments. I'm thinking scientific here would be fantastic for time-lapse. And then when you watch it back, it is condensed into just a few seconds so you can see this transitioning happen quickly. So that's one uh, idea for you. Another one is the photo walk. Apple came up with this one or, or you know, what have you recommended this one, and I think it's really cool. If you need something to do, uh, especially with young kids, do a photo walk. You know, have, pick a, uh, have the kids pick a letter, or a color. And then they walk around the inside and outside of their house and find everything that is that color or that starts with that letter. So, you know, if you if you were to pick, for example, um, a letter C, maybe they walk around and they, they see their cat and maybe they see a can of soup sitting on the counter and, you know, you get the idea. And, and so uh, as they walk around, they're then taking photos or short videos of each of these things that match the color or the letter that you have all selected for the day. And then this can be turned into a powerful slideshow complete with music right in the Photos app. You don't even have to take it anywhere else. Or if you want to, you can certainly bring it into an app like Clips or Keynote as well to make it even more awesome. Another one is the news report doing an interview remotely of a person who you you know choose to interview on a specific topic and you be the reporter. And again, you can use apps like Pages, Keynote, um, Clips, iMovie, or even just the Photos app to, to combine these into a powerful and awesome story. I like uh, probably iMovie here um, because you can have titles going along with this or clips might do it you know clips when we we talk about that in a little bit you're going to see how awesome that is so that's another uh, great example of an activity that you can do um and then uh i just want to talk about well yeah i'm going to save a couple of these because we're going to do the actual demos of them but let me talk about another one that's really great learning a new language you know in the spring when everything kind of went down we we uh my daughter decided, uh, again, of her own free will, nobody asked her to do this. It was not an assignment or anything. She decided that she wanted to learn Spanish. And so we downloaded the Duolingo app, and she and I both started working together. I had taken Spanish in high school, so I was able to, to you know, take a little placement test and get some additional XP uh, experience points you know, to start at a different place. But we both have been doing our Duolingo, and to this day, it continues to be a tradition with her and me that every night we do our Duolingo, and we're learning Spanish together in this way. And of course, there's a lot of languages that they have, not just Spanish. Um, and, and you get one free when you sign up for the account. 
you get one free language course. And that course is going to take a long time. I mean, if you do the recommended five minutes a day, you're probably looking at a year or two in that language. But once you do get through, you can then sign up and, and you know, pay for other languages if you want. They have all kinds of them. It didn't have to be Spanish. My son signed up for French. You could do Italian, Russian. You know, there are tons of different languages there. Um, and so that's uh, Duolingo. D-U-O, and then separate word, lingo, L-I-N-G-O. Another really cool app, some other app examples here are, um, oh, she says it's all one word. Duolingo is not apparently separated by a space. I think it's just one word. Okay. All right. Well, if they search for it, they'll probably find it either way. You could give them a demo of that here in a few minutes. Um, I also want to mention the app Flipgrid. This is a really cool app that allows you to create simple videos and emojis in them and, and your own photos and other things to, to tell a story. And classrooms all across the country and probably all around the world are using Flipgrid. It's easy to sign in. It's easy to get started. And you can make videos to help answer questions and to describe your day or whatever it is that your teachers may want you to do or that you may want to do for your students. Another great, um, and I believe this one has to be done from the web. There is, a, uh, there is an app that lets you watch them back, but this one you got to create from the web. It's called Edpuzzle. Now, Edpuzzle allows you to create your own videos or find videos on YouTube. And then what you do is you put little markers partway through these videos and the students get asked a question and they must answer the question correctly and then go on watching the rest of the video. And so, for example, if I'm posting a video, I used the example earlier of World War II. So if I'm posting a video that I found online and the first part of the video talks about, you know, the difference between the Axis and the ally powers, then I can put a a little marker that pauses the video partway through and asks the students who were the allied powers and then they can choose or write the correct answer and then go on watching the rest of the video and i wish that you could create those in the app but as i said i do think you have to do the the actual video part on the web but you can definitely watch them back afterwards in the app and again that one is called ed puzzle another one Quizlet. Quizlet allows you to create flashcards and quizzes, and you can actually pick from a variety of already existing um, flashcards and quizzes, so you may not even have to create your own. Why reinvent the wheel? But if... If you do decide to, uh, you can actually create your own quizzes and flashcards and study cards as well. Let me make sure that's all on this slide. I think that it is. There's, there is one other part, but it's going to be part of our demos. And so I think I'm going to, um, yeah, say it with a sketch and music appreciation. We're going to come back to because we're going we're gonna to show you those. You know, one other thing I want to share with you, because I don't know if my daughter's going to demo this or not. Um, we, uh, we are very fond of augmented reality or AR. And with AR, it has now been possible to do things like never before. You know, you can use your Apple Pencil or your Logitech Crayon, and you can dissect a frog in augmented reality right on the screen and see each part and learn about each part of it. Or you can use uh, an app like the... um, well, there's there's one app that allows you to see the Louvre Museum in AR, and another one that allows you to actually work with and see and explore rivers and wildlife, and another one that allows you to launch a rocket. I mean, it's just incredible that all of this is available in an iPad. 
All right, we're almost finished, but we do have some demos. This slide is called Time for a Break. And, uh, you know, the, the, the rest is as important as the work. The time in between is just as important, right? And it says great ideas for family-oriented fun. And so just some common sense things you can do that we don't want to neglect to talk about. Uh, it says time for a dance party and trivia anyone. So we're talking here about great games for the Apple TV and the iPad and iPhone. Games like Just Dance Now, Trivia Crack, uh, Trivial Quiz Pursuit, Quizoid, Five Second Guess, Fibbage, and a whole lot more. We're talking also not only about games, but we're talking um, about binging your favorite shows and movies with services like, of course, the Apple TV app itself and, and the Apple TV Plus and services like Hulu, Disney Plus, AT&T TV, Peacock TV, uh, Netflix, and a whole lot more. Uh, this little um, statement on the slide says the lunch lady is in and she's gone high tech. You know, in our particular uh, district, they're actually providing free lunches to people working from home, uh, at least for a while. But they are, you know, that's not your only option, because if you're like my kids every now and then you want McDonald's. Who am I kidding? If you're like me every now and then you want McDonald's. But, you know, a lot of places now offer Grubhub and DoorDash. And, you know, these are fully accessible with voiceover. So you can place your order in the app and within just a few minutes, get it delivered to you the way you want it, completely contact-free. It can be just left at the door. You go out when it's convenient. You bring it in and you eat and enjoy. And then we also have, let's take this outside. Travel without leaving home. You know, our physical activity is important too, and there are great apps that encourage uh, and, and track our fitness. If we have an Apple Watch, we can use the Activities app. We can go for a swim, a walk, or a run. We have different accessories that we can buy that can help us with our, our golf swing or with other types of sport uh, sporting events. And, and our kids are actually doing things, uh, watching video workout programs. And, and for little kids, Go Noodle is a great one that we recommend. And then, by the way, traveling if it is possible for you to travel and if you are comfortable with it apple maps there's just nothing like it because you can get turn by turn directions we demoed this a few months ago at acb and you can see the restaurants and gas stations near you voice guided lane guidance i mean it's just truly incredible what apple maps is able to do all right so we are at the point where we are going to uh, do some demos. And I, my daughter's here. Do you know what you're going to demo yet for sure? Yes. Uh, come, come, you have to come close because I'm just going to have you use the same device as I'm using, okay? You sit down beside me. Mm -hmm. You have to get the crayon. You need your iPad, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. We're just working out the logistics here. And we're going to have her do some uh, – I'm not sure what she's going to demo. I think she actually may demo the drawing app first, which I know for some of you, if you're you know totally blind like I am, it might not seem as relevant. But I'm sure you've got sighted family, you know, maybe kids, grandkids. And I do want her to describe this to you, what she's going to do. So what are you going to do first? Okay. Um, this is Kylie, everybody. Yep. Hi. So I'm going to be demonstrating Sketches School that on my iPad. I think it's a Generation 7. It is a Generation 7 iPad. That's correct. And Sketches School is the name of the app. It's completely and free. We have this Logitech crayon I'm going to be using here because I'm eight years old and I wanted something to draw with because in the spring, 
I had to do online because all the stuff was shut down then. And we're still doing so, online, Yeah, huh? we're still doing online. And so I didn't have a Chromebook yet, so I could just use my crayon. I could write anything I needed. And the crayon, tell them, is, is the sort of kid-friendly version of the what? Apple Pencil. Of the Apple Pencil. It's a bit more kid-friendly. It's, it's colorful device. Very durable. Very durable. The only thing that isn't durable is the um, charging protector. The rubber cap. I don't know why they did yeah, that. Yeah, um, it's broken off mine. <laughs> <laughs> so all you have to do, there's a little button. You just hold it down. And it turns on the crayon. And then I will go into my Sketch School app. And then let me just... So I'm going to just pick a color. I'm going to go for green because I'm just going to draw some grass. You'll draw some grass, okay. Yes. There we go. Pass. Almost done. It's very scribbly grass. <laughs> I'm just going up and down, side by side, and then making the grass. And then we're going to need brown, and we're going to make some trees, a tree here, and then just color that tree in. And while she's doing that, you know, you can use all different drawing tools with this crayon or, or the Apple yes. Pencil. You can pick, like... Uh, I actually prefer this one. I don't know why I was not on it, but... What is it? Is it a marker or what? I don't... It... I don't know what it's called. It doesn't have wording. It doesn't have wording. It just no, got a picture. Okay, a but it does. There's there's crayon. There's marker. There's yes. you know all different I ones. I like to use this one. So we have the tree stump. We're going to make a couple branches. Maybe I'll put a bird on there, and then I can get back in my green, and then draw the tree. Stop, and then we can get the lighter brown, and then we can draw a nest for the bird. And then we can draw the top of the bird. It's going to be a blue bird. And if she were using the Notes app, it actually does, VoiceOver does announce the names of those drawing tools in there. Yes. I actually think it will on this one, but I don't use VoiceOver. So right. I could demonstrate that. Do you want me to do that? Well, I don't know. If you want to see what it says with VoiceOver, I, I don't okay. know what this app says. With... So we have VoiceOver on. School, landscape. Nope, it does not wait. Sketches, tool, pencil, pencil. Okay, this is the one I use. See what it says. Paint. Oh, it's paint. It's a paintbrush. Ah, it doesn't really look like a paintbrush. Doesn't it really? (laughs) No, it doesn't even have like the brush. It looks like a marker. Oh, well, that's strange. Okay, um, I'm gonna turn voiceover off so I can go back to drawing mode. Voiceover. So then I'm going to get yellow for the beak. You can draw whatever you want. And um, now we're just going to get black. And then for one little eye, and done. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And, and if you really want to, you could do, like, if you're going to draw a bird like me, you could add, like, a little black outline that looks like a wing. But you could draw whatever you want. You can make it even, you could even make it, like, just a fish without even water. Just be a fish. Right. Or you could draw the water. If you wanted to. Um, is there anything else you want to demo? Um, or is that good? If I were going to... I th- should have thought of this. Yeah. If I were going to use another app I have, there's this cool thing where you can like actually make your color and you can um, like pick different tools that make it look like... I don't even know what it looks like. What is that app called? Cool. 
Here, I'll show you. Because we might have some people that would, would have kids or, or something that might want to know the name of it. Yes. It is called Sketchbook. Oh, Sketchbook. Okay. Okay. If you want to do a quick one. Okay. So I'm just going to go in there quick. I made this for school, so we're not... You actually had to use this in school, yes, right? Yes, I did. I don't know. Um, oh, no. No? It's stuck. Oh. There. I think... Well, what we can do is I can yeah. Mimi do her demos, and then if we still have time, you can do that. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your demo. That was awesome, Kai. Really good. Um, so I'm going to ask my mom to unmute, and we are going to show you two apps... We've talked a little about these. The first one is Apple Clips, and then the second one is GarageBand. Now, you all know a few weeks ago, we did a, a demo for the, um, for the ACB, and it was the GarageBand app. And we Wait. talked about how you could create a ringtone in GarageBand. What we want to show you today is how it's possible to use GarageBand collaboratively. Whoever thought you could use a music-making app collaboratively, but it is really awesome. And so we're going to demo that for you, too. So I think we're going to do clips first. Is that right, Mom? That's correct. But um, can I just swipe up on the Zoom, and will I still be there? Yeah. Yeah, that should be fine if you're using the same device. Right. Okay. Yeah, it should be okay. I don't know how much of the music we're going to hear, though, if you're using the same device, but we'll give it a try. Okay, let me just get, um, let's see here. Okay, I'm into, I'm into clips right now. And remember, this is fully accessible. We're going to teach on this in a couple weeks. But basically, the way that clips works is that you can do recording live. You can insert a photo or a video from your library. And you can also insert different posters. And actually, trainer Rita has taken the time to go through every single poster and describe it in a written article which we have available and you can put all of these in your, in your movie. And the way it works is there's a big red button voiceover calls it record. Or sometimes if you're working with a photo, it'll say hold to insert. And literally what you do is you just hold your finger down on that icon for as long as you want the video or the photo or the poster to appear in the movie. Now you can even create live titles, which means that as you're narrating your video, it's captioned for people who want to see the, the text of what you're saying. So this is a really, really simple app. It works great with voiceover. Voiceover users don't have to worry about the uh, you know, storyboard and moving things around and wavelengths and all that stuff that you may have to deal with in a more powerful video editor. This is for simple movies. And what are you going to create, Mom? I'm going to create just a tiny little video. So to get started, I'm going to, in the upper left-hand corner of the iPad, there is a little, I would call it an icon that looks like a folder or a box or a square. And voiceover and voiceover on that. calls it, I think it says go to projects. Is okay. What and says. We'll demo that says, in a couple of weeks. But. It says when you open that up, it has create new with a plus sign in the middle. So I'm going to tap on create new. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to look for a photo in my photo library. So you have a choice of scenes, camera, library, or posters above the red record bar. So I'm going to go to the library and I'm just going to look for a simple photo that I might have in here. Probably one of my favorites is my little dog tiger. And so I'm going to select 
that one. Now, I can't remember. Do I have to hold that one down as long as I? Well, no. You, well, yeah. You got to just double tap, just tap it to select it, and then go down to the red and hold right, it down as going, long okay. as you want to see it. And remember, right, you're going to narrate so, too. Right. So now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold the red bar down. Now that I've got the picture of my little dog's head, I'm going to hold the red bar down so that I record it for as long as I want it to be seen. So I'm just going to hold it maybe one, two, three. And you could talk over top of it too. Okay, I didn't do that. <laughs> I uh, forgot what's... to do that. <laughs> can, I, can I erase that out of there? Yeah, if you click, if you tap on that clip down at the bottom, you can then the you delete know, it and do it. that again. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let me just do that again, and I'll go back and create again. <laughs> I forgot to do that. I'm sorry. I apologize, everyone. Well, and some people may not want to. Maybe it's got background audio in it already that you want people to hear. You always have that choice. Again, right. we'll teach this in a couple of weeks, you know, in a longer Okay. All right, now there's my photo again, and I'm going to talk as I hold the red bar down. Hi, everybody. My name is Tiger, and I love to sleep under the blankets with my family. I just love it because it's so cozy and warm. Bye, everybody. Okay, now I released that, so there's a little picture down there. Now what I'm going to do next is I want a little bit of a background music. So at the top of the iPad to the extreme right, there are two eighth notes. It's a little picture of a two eighth notes. And I'm going to tap on that. And it's going to open up a section that says none, soundtracks, or my music. I'm going to go what's built in with the Apple, which are the soundtracks. And I'm going to tap on the right arrow. And those are going to be royalty free. So you can use them in any of your videos that you want to do. Okay. And then I'm going to look for the one that says, I see one down here is called Man's Best Friend. So I'm going to select that one. And I think they play a little sample of it if you tap on it. I can't hear it myself. Yeah, I have a feeling it's because we have the, um, what do you call it? We're on the, you're on the same device that you are using. You know what I mean? Right. So you're not so, going to be able to, so no one else is going to be able to hear it either? No. What you could do if you have that email handy, you could really quickly just open it up on another device. I can tell them a little more. Okay. I can do I think I, Join I think the I, Zoom from the other device. You know what I mean? I, yes. I'm going to do that right now. Okay. Um, All right. So, so Tiff, she's going to come in on another device in Zoom and, and then leave on this one, I guess. And, and that way, uh, that way we'll be able to hear the audio of what she's doing because we need it for the next and final. And Matt, yeah. just yeah. to add while she's coming back in. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Rita. Yeah, um, I was going to go to you next anyway, yeah. That's okay. This clips um, is such a cool way to send multimedia to people. I mean, it's just so – there's greeting cards in the library that are summer, spring, fall, and Christmas. And so there's like three Christmas cards. Okay. So you could send those and you could have narrative. So it's, it's really neat. And we've got a step-by-step direction how to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I think, Mom, I think you're joining there, but I think you still got the iPad on Zoom also. So it's echoing. So you just want to leave the meeting from the iPad Zoom and then, then you should be good to go. Can, you, can yeah. you hear it? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we're good. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Okay. All right. So 
anyway, I was down at that, um, <laughs> the one that says man's best friend. And I will play that for you. Very, It's just a very short clip. Not very loud. Hold on. Yeah, you can turn up some now. Yeah. I'll just do it one more time. Okay. So then after I have that chosen there is a red check mark to the right of that that indicates that's what I have chosen as a song or a soundtrack. At the top left corner, there is a red back arrow to take me back to the previous screen of part of my clips. And what that shows me now is it shows me my picture of my dog. And if I and it shows that the soundtrack is c confirmed, that man's best friend. So all the way at the top right corner, I just see the word done and I say done. Now, if I go back to the original screen of the clip, down at the bottom left corner, you'll see a play button. And next to that, you'll see a tiny little image of my dog. And so also you see the big image of the dog as well. But I'm going to play my, my part now and see what happens. But I didn't hear the voice on this one. You know, I bet why I bet we didn't hear the words because of the Zoom when you were probably recording it in Zoom. It probably didn't work. That's you know probably what, I mean? what happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but it did play the music, and but the it voice did show the dog. There. And 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 if we hadn't been in Zoom, that would have recorded your narrated audio. And right. as I said, you can do the um you can do the live titles so that they could have appeared as captions written out too. And then as Rita said, all of these posters, I mean, some of them are like greeting cards for different times of the year and you can insert those. And there's even labels. You can put little stickers uh, from Disney, Star Wars, Toy Story, a bunch of different stickers. And um, what's the other thing? Like uh, labels, like you can type in there little, uh, sayings, you know, and, and, and actually write your own text on them. I mean, this is really, really cool. Obviously, as I said, this is the simpler of the two apps. It's not, you know, you're not going to make a Hollywood blockbuster from this app, but it's very, very simple and it's a lot of fun. And it really does come uh, provide another way for you to express yourself in video. And the last one we're going to do is GarageBand. As I said, what we are going to show is collaborative music making. I created a new song in GarageBand and I've already done this and I decided to do just a very, very simple song. We just did Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. And what I did is I played Twinkle on screen, by the way. I did this entirely on the screen of the iPad. I'm not, not bragging. I give all the glory to God, but I just want to tell you it can be done even if you can't see it. And I played the piano right on screen uh, for Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but I deliberately left out every other line. And a teacher might do this for a student, you know, encourage their improvisation, their creativity, their music skill. And so what we're going to do is we're going to play it for you first, the way that it sounds with the, the missing line. I have played it and recorded it, and then I used the iCloud collaboration feature, and I've invited my mom as a participant now she has it on her iPad, 
and she's going to play the song the way it is right now so we can see what it sounds like. Okay, I'm in GarageBand, and under Share Documents, I'm going to click on the Share Document that Matthew created. And so I will just play it for you. At the top, there's a whole bunch of little icons, and there is a play button, just like on a tape recorder. So I'm going to play what Matthew created. Oh, let me start from the beginning so that we have the whole thing. Yeah. There we go. And, and okay. whenever you whenever you do it, maybe you can try to get the phone just a little bit closer to the speaker of it because it was kind of in and out a little bit. But we could tell oh. there was a missing line every other measure where the song is not played. So now what she's going to do is she's going to she would add a new track. And, and of course, we showed you how to do that a couple weeks ago. So she'll add a new track and she can pick what she wants. Like she'll pick a keyboard track. She can decide what instrument she wants to use so when i click on the keyboard it brings me up a choice of um different types of keyboards that i can select they're listed there i chose soft analog and i'm going to say done and i'm going to choose that one and then i'm going to um let me see do i have to go back i can't remember all this said <laughs> it's so hard to remember matthew what i'm supposed to do here Sorry about that. What are you looking for? I'm sorry. Okay, now I now I need to just create oh, your uh, other track. Yeah, so, so I just okay, start, so down, down at the so bottom that add the, track. Right. Okay. And then it, it, it's, I'm going to pick, pick the a keyboard. Keyboard kind, right? Okay. And then and in I the middle it has soft analog. The, yeah, so soft you can change analog. the instrument. And then do I just say done? Right. Yes. Save, if that's the, I don't have to say save. I can say done. Right. Okay. All right. Now I've got the keyboard there. What does and that instrument sound like? The instrument sounds like this. Could you hear that? Yeah, that was good. We can hear that. Okay. And you're now, also I'm just playing that on screen, right? I'm sorry? You're also just playing that on screen. I'm also playing that right on the screen. It's a whole picture of the keyboard. Okay, but I want to go back and make sure that he, his track is at the very beginning so that when I play it, um, I'm going to record right where it needs to be played. Right. And she's okay. going to play the missing part. Okay. So let me go back to my keyboard. And I'm going to start playing it. I'm uh, recording. I'm sorry. Playing and recording? Yeah, you can. You can uh, if you hit record, it'll start playing for you. Actually. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> And that's how easy it is to add to GarageBand. And, and that, by the way, is instantly 
I can open that up right now on my iPad. I, she doesn't have to send it to me or anything because it's a collaborative GarageBand project. So that means I already have it. I can open it up. I can see what she has done. And I know that there have been changes made to it. Do you have anything else to add, Mom? No, nothing really. Just that when you do it, you should make sure you know how to play it really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very narrow space, even on an iPad screen. It, it, yeah, yeah, so it, you don't make a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I made a couple too. But thank you for the thanks for your assistance there. I appreciate it. And um, Rita, I, I don't know if Cliff's here, but Rita, let's go to you and see if you have anything else to add. I think we've shown them a variety of ideas. And even if they don't use specifically the ones we shared today, maybe it'll inspire them, right? Yes. I think what Matt is trying to, you know, the overall here is if, since so much of what we are doing is online, the possibilities are endless. (laughs) And if you're coming across something that is not working for you, you know, like with voiceover or with your child, or a grandchild or something, there's some frustration, especially related to a disabled child, a visually impaired child. Uh, There is a tool, a fix, a resource, another avenue that could work. For example, if the school is, is using something that's not accessible, maybe there's an alternative through Apple. You know, um, if the teacher assigns a project to children like what's what I'm seeing in in some of the consultation I'm doing is teachers are scrambling uh, to come up with projects for children to complete. And so they're sending these things like, uh, say, for example, um, a book uh, to a child. Uh, And well, the blind child say it's on a site that's not so accessible. Well, the, the blind child, if the book is popular, they can get it through the National Library Service and put the BARD app on an Apple iOS device. You know, if, if there's a video project that's required, um, the student could use clips through these steps that we've delineated, and there's even more you can do with it. Um, th- there's, there's a way to get things done. You just got to be a little more creative if there is a block due to that child or that adults visual impairment in an online online learning environment um, there's so many other options and the family and the student really need to be advocates because the school system they don't always know these resources and so they get so limited in their thinking that this is the way we've done it this is the way we've always done it um, you know, uh, and they they exclude the blind person, not meaning to. I mean, they're not openly going, oh, I'm going to exclude this person. <laughs> you know, they're just not thinking about it because they're trying to get done. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's my Absolutely. Thought. I, yeah, <laughs> I agree 100%. Yep. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so that concludes what we have, but we want to take questions for sure. And you all know there's a more button at the bottom right of your screen if you're on an iOS device. Not for webinar. It's a different. It's oh, is a it totally different on webinar? Yeah, it's a different one. It's more toward the left. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Now, how do you, is it still the same for the Mac and PC? Um, yeah, it's still the same, but um, 
there's just no there's no more button at all for that. There's just a raise hand button, and then when you let people talk, then there's a mute button that it'll ask you to unmute yourself. Yes. Oh wow. Okay, so it's a couple of steps. Yeah. yeah. So right now um, we have Beth, and I'm going to send a notification for you to unmute yourself. Hey guys, great presentation, all of you. That was so awesome. I have a question about things like uh, reading BRF files or BRL files. Is there a way to do that using the iPad, iPhone? You know, I actually think I have heard of an app that does that, but I'm not sure uh, of its name. I've never done it. Rita, do you know for sure on that one? No, but what I would do is I would contact American Printing House for the Blind um, and ask them about what resources they're using for accessing BRF, uh, you know, files. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I use refreshable Braille, but I don't use it hooked to uh, an Apple device. So I, I don't know is the answer. <laughs> but that's where okay. I would call is APH. They are, they are the experts, educational experts. So I'd go to APH.org. Um, okay. And uh, you could you could uh, send an inquiry there. Also, your um, the manufacturer of whatever you're using. Like, are you using a Braille Sense or a, a some? I'm using a Braille Edge right now, but I, I guess what I was also thinking of is, can you read it directly using Voiceover on the actual iPhone without using a Braille display? Even though you've got one hooked up, correct. In other words, if Even, something happened to your Braille display, could you still read a, a file? Oh, 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 oh. You'd have to have a translation um, software for that. You know, to like an app, you know, for the... Okay. Like if you get, if you get a BRF file, somewhere that file was generated. Okay, do you want to... Somebody generate... Like if somebody's sending you a BRF file, okay... They've generated it electronically and sent it through an, a, a translation system such as Duxbury, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there's got there's got to be a back translation then. If they if you if you want to <laughs> if you want that file, okay, and you want VoiceOver to read it, yeah, okay, okay, then mm-hmm. go to the source for that file. And Whatever say, was used to create that BRF in the first place. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, okay. yeah, back. Back translation. Do you know what I mean? It's like, can you translate uh-huh. this back to text? <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> you know, this, the screen reading software is going to do best with the plainest text you can throw at it. Okay? okay. Because then it doesn't have to interpret all those codes that are used for, you know, it's, it, anyway, you want to back translate it or get the original. It was probably produced in text. Okay, and then it was mm-hmm. translated into BRF. So just get the original. Oh, okay. Okay, okay and, and real quick, the last thing I wanted to know is, in your training, do you guys teach how to, how to do Braille stuff on the iPhone and put, paired with Braille displays and all that kind of good stuff? We don't have a lot. We've got a, a, a uh, I call her our ringer, Jenny, 
um, is uh, the queen related. Right. To so we do a Braille day with with Braille screen input and a little bit with Braille displays, but it's we really don't spend a lot of time on it. She is kind of our resource on that. Uh, none of us on the team actually use it on a regular basis, uh, okay. although. Uh, Cliff has definitely, I mean, we've all read Braille at some point. Uh, Cliff has definitely worked with some of the Braille displays. And Rita, I can't remember if you have or not, but. Um, yeah, I have. Okay. okay. Several. Okay. And so, but the, the, the courses um, are the, the amazing ability of these Apple iOS devices and, and voiceover as a tool to access all of these things, just like sighted people are on their Apple iOS devices. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so, so um, we're mainly, you know, teaching on screen, a lot of on screen work and mastery of those exactly. skills. Exactly. Okay. Um, and external devices, keyboards and so forth is part near the end, but we're mostly teaching the skill of how you use the device itself. Because you've got to learn those mastery before right. you, you go to some, an external device. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Thank you, guys. Awesome. All right. Thank you. The next person we have is Sean. I'm going to send you a notification. I think there was an app, and I don't know if it's still around. So it was called something like Braille Talk that would try to to take a BRF and translate it. But I may have the name of it incorrect. I know there have been one or two apps that have tried to do that kind of thing. Um, but if you have a BRF that you're already wanting to read, um, you can take that BRF through something like Dropbox and you can, you can copy it over to Bard mobile so that you can read it with your display already paired to your iPhone. So if you have a BRF that, um, isn't like on Bard that's on your hard drive that you want to read. You can read it in the Bard mobile app. It's, it has, you, you, you copy it. Uh, and if your Bard, if your BRF file is zipped, then all of the zip files will be treated as a multiple, a book with multiple volumes in it. So hopefully that will be helpful. All right. Thank you for sharing that. That's all the hands you've got. Okay. I have a question. Go Mika. <laughs> oh, Hey Mika. Hi. <laughs> I just popped in here real fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, especially now that school has started back, um, parents are often having trouble finding resources, um, not only for them, but for their blind and visually impaired children. And so I was wondering how many of these apps are going to be good from that perspective, like from uh, the perspective of a blind child or their visually impaired parent being able to set up the different aspects of those apps for them. Okay, I can answer this. <laughs> She's ready. <laughs> yeah, she, she was ready for that one. She was. I'm not even letting him talk. Okay. 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 Number one, if you've got a blind child, or you've got a teacher, or you're a teacher with a blind child. Okay, very first thing you should do is go to American Printing House <laughs> and they're going to be running a free series of uh, access for TVIs and blind students called Excel Academy. It, I think it's free. Now the school district has to go, y- you have to go through, 
they they're associated with school districts. Okay, you know what I mean. The APH, their cooperation with uh, TVIs, t- uh, teachers of the visually impaired, and it's it's but it's called the Excel Academy, E X C E L Academy, and um, they're going to be offering Zoom training related to blindness aspects. You know, mobility, Braille. Social skills, uh, money management, um, and I don't work for them, okay? But, <laughs> but I mean, it's just an amazing potential resource, and it's supposed to start in October. So go to APH.org for that, okay? Now, related to the Apple stuff, okay? Any app that Apple has is going to be accessible with voiceover, right? Given, yes? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... Um, so give me an example of what you're thinking. Like, so like when you when um when like Matt's mom was demonstrating that the thing about like making the video or like accompanying the story and this is the dog's head or like when Matt was talking about making um when he was talking about like different puzzles or like websites that had all these different videos that you could watch and those you know those kinds of learning activity type things right right so every uh, everything that um everything that i mentioned today as an app or as a you know what have you is accessible with voiceover about the only thing that really would not be ideal was the drawing um you know for obvious reasons i mean you could draw and as i said notes will voiceover will tell you the colors it's just you're not going to see what you've drawn but all the other stuff that we did um, that, you know, that we actually, and, and some of the, some of the AR stuff that I just glossed over, like dissecting a frog and stuff, you know, you would want sighted assistance with that, but anything we really spent any time on. So, you know, pages, keynote, ed puzzle, uh, flip grid, Google classroom clips, garage band, you know, all of that stuff is completely, uh, accessible Duolingo, all of those, you know, I, I use many of them every day, either, for teaching or, you know, to, uh, to help with what the kids are doing. So, yeah, that's a great question. And, and definitely um, the vast majority of them are completely accessible. Yeah. And just to mention, you know, what, what happens is, is if you're in an educational setting or you're taking online courses, you're having to deal with what the institution is putting out. And then you got to figure out how can I access it? is there an Apple alternative or is what they're putting out accessible? Do you know what I mean? Cause you have to deal with what the institution is requiring of everyone along with the blind student. And if I can piggyback on that question, this is Tiffany, your other host um, for, is there a device, an Apple device that is better for certain apps? And by that, I mean like, Say if I wanted to make an iMovie, I've tried to do it on my phone with voiceover, no sight, and it's pretty much impossible for me to do. So I'm wondering, is an iPad better? Is something that be um, well to? So I think you know a couple of things there. Now iMovie is trickier 
than Clips. If a voiceover user wants to make a movie, I really think Clips is the place to start because iMovie is just inherently visual. You know, it's not that it's inaccessible. It's not that voiceover won't work with it, but it's that the nature of what you are doing is inherently visual because you have to place things in certain places and all this, whereas Clips is very much more, well, you saw how intuitive Clips was from what my mom described. And as I said, I'm going to teach it in a few weeks. To answer the broader question, I think uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the iPad. I, of course, I use all the Apple devices, except I don't really use a Mac right now. I don't have a traditional computer at the moment. But um, I am a huge fan of the iPad and any kind of productivity or creativity stuff that I want to do generally gets done on the iPad. Now, having said that, it is doable on the phone. And, you know, there are times that I grab the phone because it's just in my hand already. You know, and it, and it just makes sense. And I think that's what Apple really has had in mind when they created these devices is that they're all capable and it's just how you fit them into your life. Um, I always recommend for new users, if you, you know, if you've never really used voiceover, uh, I always recommend starting with the iPhone first because the iPad does add a layer of complexity. It's not hard, but it does add a layer of complexity because you're dealing with um, split screen and, and stuff like that. So, you know, if you've mastered the basic gestures first, you're going to be able to make the transition a lot more easily. But yeah, I, I definitely suggest an iPad because it's um, got, you know, even the larger screen, even for non-sighted users, that's still going to mean something uh, to have that extra screen real estate to work. So, um, it, exactly. Uh, if, if somebody's more advanced with their skills, you, you, it's critical to master your voiceover skills. Critical, absolutely. I mean, you you just, and anyway, and an iPad, once you've got these advanced skills, you know, down, you're, you're humming, you know, with your Apple iOS device. An iPad, it gives you that much more real estate, for example, like in the Clips app, to be able to drag, um, you know, or to go grab something. Um, you've got more room. Um, to do things and there's more options that show up because the screen is bigger. And I think of an iPad kind of as when I'm, when I want to do some serious, you know, writing or whatever, I, I hook up an external keyboard to an iPad. So I think of my iPad as like my computer and I think of my phone as, and, and I know it's a computer too, but uh, for everything else. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Um, we do have a hand. Um, okay. His name is John, so I'm going to ask John to unmute, please. Okay, got it. Um, just as an FYI, you were describing where the the buttons were for raise hand, etc. Um, my iPad is in landscape mode, and it's an iPad mini, and for whatever reason, the raise hand button is at the top of the screen. So I don't know if uh, that's if it depends on the mode it's in or uh, it's it's mine is landscape mode with the home button to the right. Perhaps if I turn were to turn it around the other way, I guess now, maybe it would, maybe that's. Un unfortunately my audio cut out for a moment. I, I had to walk to a different place and I didn't think it would, but it did. And so just tell, tell me the beginning of that one more time, please. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem, Matt. The, I, I think when, uh, uh, the, the Tiff was describing where the buttons were on for for raise hand. 
Um, I might have missed it, but she said they were on the bottom uh, of your iPad. Um, I was looking there and didn't find them, but my iPad is in landscape mode with the home button to the right. And those oh, buttons oh. are at the right. Well, right, you know, sorry, I think I think it's a little bit different on iPad than it is on iPhone. I, I at least I because I'm I'm actually the one that brought up and and I was wrong anyway because uh, <laughs> I've never hosted a webinar. So I tried to be uh, I tried to be helpful and actually just misled you. And thanks to Mika for straightening me out there. But when I brought it up, I was really referring to iPhone, iPad. They are in a different place anyway because of that whole split screen thing that the, the interface is just set up a little bit differently. Oh, okay. I didn't know whether it changed if you had lands- whichever landscape mode you were in, left home button to the left or home button to the right. But, uh, right. but yes, they are uh, in the right home button orientation. They are indeed at the, at the top and the right edge of the screen. Right. Um, we don't have much time, um, but I do see Restoria. Hi. I want to know if uh, we were supposed to be able to see those uh, slides that he was talking about. No, we did not have them set up that way today. If you are, if you're interested in a copy of the presentation, uh, and I, I did say at the beginning I would go back over this anyway. If you if you're interested in a copy of that, I'm happy to send it to you either as a, a PDF or you know whatever, and you can you can definitely have that. Um, it would I would just ask you to get in contact with me privately afterwards by either email or iMessage, and I'm going to go over the contact information here momentarily before we close. Uh, so I will do that. Um, did you have any other specific question about it, or are you just wondering whether or not there would be a way to see it? No, I have some vision, and I'm losing my vision, but it's easier for me to grasp if I can still kind of have a visual tool. So okay. thank you. The class was very good. So, awesome. Well, yeah, I, I'll say the contact info before we uh, before we shut down the meeting here, and uh, you definitely be sure to get in touch with me if you want a copy of that. Then, uh, anybody that does want a copy of that, or anybody that has any other questions, uh, you know, we are offering the free training. We have virtual help sessions every week as well. Uh, you can learn all about these by going to the website. The web address is ttjtech.net. That's Tango Tango. Juliet, and then the word tech, T-E-C-H dot N-E-T. You can subscribe to the blog, so you're always in the loop whenever we send out uh, promotions or announcements of any sort. And also, you can get in touch with me directly by email or iMessage if you use the tech juggernaut at iCloud.com. So that's the tech, T-H-E, tech, T-E-C-H, juggernaut, J-U-G-G-E-R-N-A-U-T at iCloud.com. Dot com. Thanks so much, everybody.